0: Hit the lights!
1: You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood.
0: Welcome aboard. Today I'm talking to Chad German, and Chad, you're from uh, what was the name of the city in, in Utah? I am from
1: I am from Salt Lake City, but we moved about five six years ago down to Santaquin, Utah, to which Santa is Quinn. an hour south of of Salt Lake City.
0: Nice. And and he and I were just chatting uh, before the show started about uh, Utah. I I found it to be a, a very fascinating place to visit, and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is beautiful. We love it.
0: A lot of construction, <laughs> a lot of construction.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop here. So,
0: and cookie cutter houses, but uh, beautiful layouts. Uh, when I was in Salem, they had these subdivisions, and then they were all kid centric. So they had play areas and green spaces, and it was it was it was really remar- Brand new subdivisions.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of subdivisions uh going in and like you said they they have parks and different things that they've kind of put in throughout the the town and the you know the different towns that we have around in the cities.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So so tell me about yourself. So you're a master electrician. So what what does that mean as far as uh, for my listeners? What is a master electrician versus uh a-
1: Well, from state to state, a master electrician is a little bit different. Um, Some states don't even have a master electrician license. Here in the state of Utah, um, in order to become a journeyman, you have to go through four years of school and four years on-the-job training uh, to even apply to take your uh, journeyman test. And then you would take three tests, a a, um, practical, which is a hands-on, a theory, which is obviously a lot of math and mm-hmm. electrical theory, and then a, and then a code test all are pretty, um, pretty hard tests. And then you have to wait four years and then you can take uh, two tests, another theory and another code that are more in depth, a lot of load calculations and motor mm-hmm. calculations and things of that nature for the, for the code theory. It seemed like it was a repeat of the journeyman test. And then you become a master. Once you become a master, then you can own your own contracting company. Uh, or you can uh, sponsor somebody else to to have a contractor's license. Oh, no kidding! So yeah, I I have my master's and I sponsor two companies and then I am an electrical coordinator at the college uh, at a tech college here in Utah.
0: So so the tech the tech college is a Mountainland Mountainland Tech College.
1: Mountainland Technical College. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so you're a master electrician. So obviously you're a high voltage electrician. I mean you're full journeyman. Yeah. Yep. I'm a, what, obviously a half watt, which is what the podcast is about. So it's I'm more of the
1: low volt. I would call it low voltage. I mean, yeah. if you talk to high voltage guys, I'm a low voltage guy, right? <laughs> if you're talking about Lyman and stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I did. We deal with, uh, I would say the lowest I would go is 24 volts. Mm-hmm. The highest I would go, uh, obviously is 277, 480. I mean, with my license, I can do customer-owned utility, but I, that's something I've just never. Yeah, uh, delved
0: it, in the going above 100 volts was never my my drive. I, I I I'm a former military guy, so I worked with some you know fairly high voltages there. But uh, once I got out and and f- kind of found my niche, I was kind of happy working in low voltage. It wasn't a big deal <laughs> for me. I kind yeah. of enjoyed it. So uh, what? So of all of the the stuff that you do, what is it that, that, that drove you into this industry? How did you, how did you get your start?
1: Well, I had actually worked for, um, the LDS church, obviously in Utah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's pretty prevalent out here. So I worked for the LDS church for 10 years. Um, when my wife and I first got married, we got married, uh, fairly young and mm-hmm. I just, uh, found the kind of, kind of took after the same steps as my father and his okay. father, which is you find the first job you can find and you, you budget around that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you just kind of work off that. So uh, my dad did kind of try to push me into the trades, actually the electrical industry, but he was a horrible salesman, right? He's, <laughs> he's like, uh, it's four years of school and it's three hard journeyman tests. And then, you know, my dad, that, that sounds horrible. So I, I uh, was working washing windows for the first little bit at the church office building. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into the, uh, the mail room down there at the LDS church office building, uh, sorting mail and, and do, doing a lot of the machines. And then we had a a son that was born with some challenges mm-hmm. and um, my wife and I uh, sat and thought about it and, and prayed about it and decided that I needed to change careers. And so it just seemed like every time I would talk to somebody about this scary thing, called changing careers. Electrical yeah. just kept coming up. I was a personal trainer, training a guy that was an electrician and, and, uh, he said, I hate my job. I can't get all the protein in that my body that I need to do for my bodybuilding show. But my boss is hounding me to pull wire. I go, what are you doing? He goes an electrician. I'm like, I've been thinking about doing that. <laughs> so, then he told his boss and his boss called me and offered me a job. And I took nice. a, actually a pretty big pay cut to start. Um, so I got into the trade at 29 years old, mm-hmm. good. Um, and at the, you know, at the time I felt like that was really old, but now that I am a coordinator at the college, I see that it's we got anywhere from uh, 18 years old all the way up to I've got a 65 year old student in fourth year.
0: Good, good. College. That's good to hear.
1: But yeah. So it's it's all over the place, and I I kind of put that down to the fact that it's a career. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a difference between a job and a career. What I was doing before was just any job I could find is what I would stick at. This is a career I could change. I can get fired tomorrow from the school and go into the same, you know, keeping the same career path and, and rope a house or, go do a, a Walmart or something of that nature so,
0: so. so that's critical for the listeners to hear because when i when I do my teaching and I'm a teacher as well I tell them you know I, I ask all the students where do they come from before you got into this trade what did you do and you'll find out you got uh, former military people or mechanics or people that worked in the food industry or what have you and then inevitably in every single class uh, I'll have people who who all had all came from the same background. I've had people with degrees in physics come through. I've had a guy with oh, a wow. master's degree. Matter of fact, I work with him. Uh, a couple other folks. Matter of fact, I had a a student who was a uh, who had uh, a degree in physics who gave me some analogies to use for teaching that that I still use.
1: That's and awesome. I, and
0: then I credit him. You know, credit that student for showing me that because yeah, uh, you know, if you if you have somebody gifted enough to know physics and that can help you visualize what I couldn't visualize and give me a, an analogy for it. And I'll, you know, that's, that's why I, I, that's why I put so much emphasis on my students to teach me what I don't know. Like, you know,
1: and I, I find it interesting because sometimes the best stuff as a, as a, as a teacher, your best material actually comes from, in my case, sometimes it's the the slow learner first-year apprentice that doesn't quite grasp what you're saying and then he'll ask like a very simple question that makes you realize how complex you are teaching it right wow. i remember teaching uh reactants i don't know you know with mm-hmm. uh, inductive circuits and this kid he just had his head down on the desk and he wasn't really paying attention and i was talking about when you apply voltage to an, an inductor then you get a counter EMF that comes back and pushes back, which is a second opposition of the current flow. And this guy got all excited and raised his hand and was like, Mr. German, Mr. German, I have something. And I go, what, you know, like he never talks. I've taught him for two years. And he said, "Um, so this would be like running through the beach without your shoes on. To, get, to cause resistance to get your big calves. And then all of a sudden a big guy comes out of the nowhere to hold you back to add extra resistance. That would be that second opposition. And I'm, wow. I'm laughing, but at the same time, that's a great analogy. That's a so great when analogy. I, when I teach that, that's what startup current is, right? Mm-hmm. When you start a motor um everybody thinks of it a bit as a big push when you start a motor the inrush current well the mm-hmm. push would be voltage so they're incorrect it's actually that you're running a lot, lot more freely until that second opposition of current flow being reactants comes in and opposes you from running and so the student that struggles comes up with a great analogy that opened the, the whole class that's a, that's
0: a thing of beauty I may yeah. even I may even steal that from you cuz I, I te- <laughs> yeah. we teach, you know, the capacitive reactants and inductive reactants and in, and our yeah. in about the third week in you know, my one of the classes I teach. And I I kind of gloss over it but I use the the electromagnetic uh, door holders. Oh, right. Where you charge them up but there's not a alternating current so they just stay those flux lines Bow out and stay right there, and then yeah. when you pull the power, they collapse back down, and you get that surge back through the system, right? You know, and and it can cause chatter and stuff like that. And I, I try my, I I, I always like try to, I'm, I'm a ham radio guy, and I have a whole lot of radio experience, and a lot of my analogies kind of center around that,
1: uh-huh.
0: and and I'm I'm, kind of serendipitously teaching them radio fundamentals as well and the physics of that and so i'll use a lot of my analogies from radios i'll say well look if i've got an antenna that's this long and the radio is actually looking for an antenna that's this long i'll add inductance to it yeah and it electrically lengthens it or I add capacitance to it and it will electrically shorten it no that's cool that's really cool and every once in a while I'll have a student I can look out in the, in the classroom and get a student that's really locked onto that. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, we,
1: that do, we do too. Our, our school is uh, the largest at uh, the largest program in the state of Utah. We mm-hmm. have, um, I think it's 400 and something students, uh, 20 something teachers. Wow. We try to get less than we try to get about 24 students per class. we got a huge waiting list. Um, obviously you saw the construction here. So everybody's trying to get into the trade and, and do the electrical thing and and pay right now for electricians is really big. So I see those guys. In fact, there was a student that came in and goes, I, I am horrible in the field as an electrician. I just don't get it, but I think I'm going to go to electrical engineering because I love this stuff in second year. Mm -hmm. And so some people will come to the program, like you're saying, some people come to the program and they don't have a career or they've had a dead end career and so that's why we get so many people coming at different ages, yeah. Because they want to get something that's stable in the electrical industry, or they, yeah, the or they
0: just team. got pushed out of their other industry because right. it, you can't outsource what we do. You just can't. We
1: get a lot of computer, you know. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I, I'm an IT guy that hated <laughs> it. You know, I got a degree in IT and I hated it. I want, I need to move around. So,
0: so we have um, a lot of yeah. similar backgrounds because when I talk to my students, it's like, what did you do? Well, I was think I was an IT guy for a long time, and then and you know wham you're on the you on the field cuz your job got outsourced to you know Bangladesh or something
1: yeah yeah i find that our best i don't know if you find the same thing but our best students are the adults with kids you know these yeah. the 9 to 18 to 22 year old kid uh, student i shouldn't call them kids um and everybody's different a little bit different but you know when you have your own children and your own responsibilities, and you've just left a career to get into this, you're, you're mm-hmm. generally all in. You know, I, I was are. that way to where you see like uh, other guys that are in their 20s that just kind of show up and play the game of school. You know, and, and they're <laughs> not the there. They're, a they're just trying to get A. Like if I'm yeah. teaching grounding and bonding, and a guy's over there doing his homework so he doesn't have to do it when he's home with his wife, uh, you know, he's newly married. And then I, the next day, what did I go over? Like, oh, I don't know. But he's getting an A and that's all he cares about. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and the yep. other kid's paying attention, but he didn't have time to do his homework and he's got a C, you know, but he yep. understands everything he But he's got so, it
0: all figured out.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that grade number. And, and I, I just find education fascinating. And I never thought I, you know, I'm somebody that was a C student at, at best growing up. I, so. I was
0: too. In high school, I was terrible in high school. Absolutely terrible. I, 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 what I, the, the classes I liked, I was, you know, all into photography and stuff yeah. like that. It wasn't until I got in the military, I, got, I was in the Navy, and they threw me to technical school, that it it was, it opened my eyes. And everything I ate, everything I put my hands on, I just ate voraciously. Like yeah. I had to have it, I had to know it, learn it, get into it, and uh, it paid off. I mean, it really paid off. By the time I got out of the military and came to Oregon, because uh, I'm from San Diego, uh, they were they would accept you in as a what they called a JLE a Journeyman Limited Energy. You could you could basically take the test and get that. And so I moved into a JLE, but I didn't have all the right qualifications to go into what we are now. They broke us into life safety and non-life safety limited energy oh, people. Okay. So I did the class and got my life safety endorsement, and I've been there ever since. I never I've just never looked back. But it it is, uh, you're exactly right. If you're really all in, and and this is a career for you, you it does not. It it's been the most lucrative thing I could have ever done. I don't have a I don't have a college degree, right? I mean, most of us most of us don't. We just
1: yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm the coordinator of the program, and I would have never. I mean, I struggled for the first couple years. I mean, I'll be honest. I probably struggled through all four years. But you know, one thing through the the program i had a lot of learning disabilities and different things growing up that i mean i remember in school that was kind of once you get labeled that you kind of get put in those classes and mm-hmm. we moved a few times and they lost records and and so they just kind of threw you into those programs i didn't really have a lot of self-belief when it came to education um but through our program and through putting myself through i learned how i learned you know what I mean? oh, yeah, now I,
0: you learned your lean your learning yeah. Styles. I learned
1: my learning style for sure. And um, uh, it takes me a little bit longer to learn things than than most people. And I find that to be true, but once it's there, it sticks. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, you know, I, uh, one of our teachers that works with me, uh, he sat with me um, in class uh, going through all four years of, of school and he would sleep through school, wake up and Pass the test with hundred percent and I would be studying for hours yeah. to get a 75. Well now on the flip side, I've got half the code book memorized. If you watch my videos, I can just throw the codes out there. And then I just find it fascinating now. But hmm. when I was going through school, I was playing the game of survival, trying to just get that a like all these students that I have, like mm-hmm. just had my, my nose just out of water so I could breathe. And now that I have to know it to teach students, I know how I learn, and I wish I could apply that back when I was younger.
0: So do you, uh, with your students, do you talk about the, because the, I talk about the three different learning styles, of kinesthetic, audible uh, and yeah. visual. It's one of the usually one of the first slides I put up to just discuss it so that everybody says, look, if, and I, I give an example. I had a woman out of uh, just an area south of here come in and teach us when I worked up at a hospital before, and I, I worked there again, And she showed up with uh, a uh, container full of toys. And she made every electrician in the room, and there were high and low voltage folks in there, grab a toy. And so I had like Gumby or Pokey or something, and I put it on my desk. And 10 minutes later, uh, she stopped her lecture, and four or five of the electricians had their toy in their hand. And they were listening to her, and they were manipulating the toy. And she stopped and she said look out there and see those gentlemen playing with that toy those are kinesthetic learners right there yeah And she identified it right off the bat and it wasn't an embarrassment to them they they just looked up and they're like what (laughs) and she goes they're manipulating their toy while they're listening to me that helps unlock their brain oh yeah and i doodle when i'm when i'll make notes if i'm listening because i used to i was a manager weasel for a long time so i would Listen to the, they go to these meetings and everybody would drone on about stuff. So I'd write the notes, write the minutes for the meetings, and then I would write all my little side notes and keep myself busy. And when I get done, I could recreate all the minutes, you know, the way they actually happened. My notes were un—they were illegible. They were only legible by, i was the only one who could read them. Plus, I can't read yeah. worth a damn. So um, yeah,
1: it's it's fascinating how certain people. I have a, an idea. this next year because i teach right now i I teach uh three so we have one a one b that's first year two a two b that's second year and it goes on to four a four b is the last so i teach i've taught first year and fourth year for the most part Then last year i taught second year and then Mm -hmm. the goal is i'm going to finish up doing third year and then i'm going to go straight to admin i I don't want to be admin but that's that's what my boss uh, <laughs> wants me to be. So uh, I feel like my skill set is in the classroom. But um, uh, one thing is I got kind of lectured to students about playing the game of school. And mm-hmm. uh, so this next semester, I kind of have a vision. I'm not sure how I'm going to execute it, where I'm going to find those different types of learners and have them be together and then kind of facilitate oh. education in a way, like have them work together on here's my concept that I'm teaching you. Uh-huh. You guys help each other on how to how you would learn this and then let's have a representative come up and teach it. And then because I find that's that those
0: fascinating.
1: Teach they yeah. teach themselves better. Like if I get up yeah. and just throw out codes and there's two guys that'll pay attention are super excited. Everybody mm-hmm. else is kinda like Or like you said, they're doodling, trying to pay attention. So they usually get it once I break them into groups after a lecture Mm -hmm. and say, now work this sheet together or come up with these things to chat. Like I'll challenge this table, go against that table. You guys come up with five questions off of what I just taught to trump the other table. And the other table, you do the same for this table. And the winner to see how many questions you guys can outdo each other on. You guys will get all candy bars. I may
0: steal something like that from you because I do a series called, because I I teach a block of 12 weeks Uh and then I, it might be the same course I might teach it Monday and Tuesday nights to two different groups of students, but it's the same course. It's the same course material I've been teaching for a decade and it's old. It's not, Uh not modern. It's not, it's not what we want, but it is what we have. And so I do a couple of weeks of what we call Stump the Chump, which was based off of a Navy game of sitting in front of naval warfare publications and between ship to ship, asking each other questions off that pub and seeing which ship or which group of people in the ships could answer quicker. And so if I had a warfare pub, we would say, ah, you know, what's the missile associated with this platform? And, you know, someone would guess it. We, uh, so I brought that into the classroom and, we, and that's what we do. But I have them write a question and then we all try to answer it. And I'm trying to beat them, the students, to the punch. So if someone puts a question up, then I'm looking at it as well. And if I get the question first, I'm not gonna answer them. I'll wait till another student answers it, but I'll at least say, okay, I got the answer here. And once we all agree, I'll say, okay, so what was your method at finding the answer? because that's the key in the code is knowing where to get the answer to the question, not knowing at all. I mean, you can, if you, if you take the time like you did, but for these students, it's just what tools did you use? Did you use the index? You know, how did you get yeah. to where you got to the yeah,
1: answer? Yeah. That's kind of one thing we do too with it. the code book, so hard to play games with the code. Cause the code's kind of a boring, yeah. you know, and in electrical, it's like if I'm sitting here teaching the residential codes, for an example, two ten dot fifty two residential receptacles placement in mm-hmm. residential, and a guy's working and and all his company does is hospitals, he's he's just point. he's just sitting there buying his time, you know. But yeah. he has to go through it to get his journeyman test. And on the other end, when we get to hospitals, and you got guys that all they want to do is rope houses, they really mm-hmm. don't care about those critical units and the yep. patient care areas and and the different and branch
0: circuits you and, have to have like life safety and critical and equipment and.
1: So I try to constantly tell the guys like, hey, this is, and this is, I find true all the time is where somebody is right now in class, a hundred percent of the time I find that student 10 years later and they're in a whole different part of the industry than what they thought they would be. A whole
0: different realm. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, if somebody would, I remember my teacher saying, you'll never do a load calculation, but I'll have to teach you how to do it. Well, now I teach article 220 and do load calculations and companies call me to figure out how to do them all the time. I bet. And, and so and it, I always say to that to my students, like, hey, I'm not gonna ever tell you, you'll never use this because I have to know it. And mm-hmm. I, my teacher taught me that all the time, so.
0: And I've worked with some energy. high voltage guys that did that, especially, you know, motor plate, look at a motor plate or you know, look at a mm-hmm. transformer and tell you how they're gonna wire it and, the, and all the different factors in it. And I just was like, woof, that's, I mean, I make fun of high voltage folks, but in, in all seriousness, I can't, I couldn't sit down and do what you guys do. There's just no way. You know, I just don't, I yeah, wouldn't have the skills. I'd have to go back and learn them. I'm so pigeonholed a, in my thing. I did a
1: post on uh, on my Instagram page, just with the uh, the right triangle. And I said, mm-hmm. how often do you guys use trigonometry in the field? Let's be honest, mm-hmm. because our curriculum goes really, really deep into that, that stuff. And uh, the book that we use happens to be more for utility company. So okay. there are some things that we go a little too deep and a little off our scale. And it was amazing to me how many guys said they use it on a daily basis. Obviously, to bend pipe, um, they use a lot of trigonometry. And then um, one guy said, "Well, I had to clean up a clean up some power factor in a factory that had a bunch of inductor mo- inductive mm-hmm. motors. The power factor was all off, so I had to learn how to wire up uh, capacitors." And uh, wow, you know, uh, there's a guy in our industry that's got a really big name. I, I won't say, but he came in and goes, "Well, you would." You wouldn't have to do that. You could just call the manufacturer. He would tell you what you would have to do. You don't have to sit there and he goes, why? It took me five minutes to do the math. Nice. That's when it hit me like, man, knowledge is power.
0: You've really got a, you've really got a good program going there. I mean, really?
1: Yeah. We're really trying to do our best to change it up. The hardest part is we only have so much space. We have, we have quite a few campuses throughout the, the different counties that we're over. Um, but because we're a tech college, we have other programs within the college. And so we only get so much lab space and we're, we're the largest program in the whole college. Mm-hmm. You know, we fill buildings up at night cause it's a nighttime program primarily. Um, and we have one lab in each building. <laughs> wow. So it's to get that hands-on experience is really hard. So mm-hmm. we're, we're building a lot of boards and different things that have, you know, one thing that I find the hardest, and I don't know if it's the same with, the uh, with you guys at the end is the terminology from the field compared to the terminology the technical terminology in the code book for an example smurf tube
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the code book it's not smurf it's tube. not smurf tube. It's tube. but everybody so, knows
0: what it is in the real world yeah
1: so when you when you're trying to look up smurf tube in the code book you'll never find it and so i find that the students just that little thing itself will just baffle them so we've got a board or multiple boards that have all the different types of raceways with the technical name and then the trade name on the nice. side of it so they can physically see it. Yep. And just, even if it's something simple like that, that makes a big difference.
0: That is huge, that's, that's really a good idea. But you're the, the thing you're experiencing, I've, I've seen elsewhere as well, we're, we're at the same point where we're busting at the seams. We, we uh, the, I, I teach for two different groups here, and what we combine the students, and then I teach at a community college and adjacent to that building that we're in are plumbers now, they brought the plumbers over, and the linemen. So during the day, it's mostly linemen from, from the local utility here, and then at night, it's us and plumbers, and we're out of room. And plus oh, they do a couple wow. other night classes there, and we have a pretty good sized lab, I can't complain about that, but we're growing to the point that, you know, the, the idea of getting our own space is tempting, and not handing over that big wad of cash to the college to support us uh but at the same point in time to get lease space and then to build it out you know yeah is a big expense and and i'm certainly not in a position to help them you know juggle that money that's not my not my cup of tea so
1: yeah it's a that's a hard thing i mean we're uh we're run by the state of Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mountain land Technical College is a. We're under an umbrella called Ushi Utah System of Higher Education. So Utah Valley University, Utah State, all those universities, kind of fall under the same umbrella as us. We're That's higher good. education, but we're a tech college to our area university. So, um, so the state allocates a lot of money. Uh, we get paid by the taxpayers, but we do have like the the union, the JATC here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the IEC in That's Utah. we have,
0: which, and we teach both. of We I teach for both of those groups, oh, you do? and yeah, and IEC. Yeah.
1: And then we just got one called WICA that got accepted by the state of Utah.
0: I, I heard so. about them coming for a while. I sat on the A uh, and T committee for IEC uh, uh, for about a year, and I, I I heard about them for the first time uh, just recently, coming out of California and I think Colorado.
1: Yeah. The they seem to have that... a
0: pretty fast-paced program, if I understand it.
1: I do believe their program ro- operates a lot like the JATC where you take time off of work and then you go to school for 2 weeks during the day mm-hmm. and that's a semester. Yeah. So it's yeah, eight, it's the whole I, thing. That sounds awesome if you could do it. I just don't know any of my students that could sit in a class for 8 hours. You know what I mean? Ours yeah, are 3 hours. Um, eh, I don't know. Maybe if maybe if it was fast track like that it would Maybe,
0: uh, but that intensive training over a period of you know, a couple of weeks is it it seems to be working for them because they're growing. Yeah. And then, then, and I know in California where their requirements are pretty stiff, they're, they're, they're holding their own down there. So Yeah, one of my
1: buddies on Instagram, uh, D he owns Humboldt electric and his account on Instagram is Humboldt. He was telling me that his best guys go to school at the, at Wika. No kidding. So yeah, maybe I mean,
0: maybe that intensive training—it's like an immersive training. It might be a a, a different way to look at it because we spread ours out over twelve weeks, and it's once a week, four hours a night is the maximum. Depends on you know what all happens, but uh, you know it's it 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 is a it's a lingering thing. <laughs> Where when I was yeah. in the military, if I took a course, I took a you know intensive bam 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 four weeks. And you get done, and you're all you're thinking about is what you just did, like, and then up, and then I can still. Well, I tell my students this the, the one of the best classes I ever had, and one of the best instructors I ever had was teaching a, a four week class at the end of a 12 week maintenance on this piece of machinery piece of equipment. Uh, and I got to the end of the 12 weeks, started this four week program, and the very first night he starts talking about how data loads into the uh, the computer and how it moves to the system. And I just, there was only four of us in the class and I just shook my head and went, oh crap this again, because I didn't understand it the first time it was taught. And I was an yeah. all analog guy. I come from tubes and transistors and, you know, old school stuff to this digital. And I just, I just couldn't make the transition. This guy said, he told the students, he goes, you can, you three can take a break if you want. I got to talk to Officer Brooks here for a little bit. And in 20 minutes, that guy filled in the holes in my head from really, it was almost 16 weeks of training in 20 minutes. And he just went, you're not the first guy who's come here with this problem. Let me show you what you're missing. Wham. And I was just like, holy cow. So, you know, the right instructor at the right time with the right uh, persuasion just did it. I mean, he just opened up my mind. At the end of that class, the final we had was five questions in seven hours. And it took me seven hours. It took every one of us seven hours to answer those questions. Wow, and we went through intense. every single publication that that machine had. You had, to, you had to know your way. You had to work your way through every single book in order to answer those questions.
1: That's intense. It sure. was intense.
0: It, and I can still... I can still remember, you know, the the intensity of sitting down, and I was a smoker at the time, and and taking a break forty five minutes in, going, oh my god, I, I don't, this is <laughs> this is insane, and walking back, and at the end of the class, going, I, I've I feel like I've, I've mastered something, and getting out to the fleet and then being able to use what the guy taught. Matter of fact, I had him re-enlist me. I mean, it was that that was that was attached to his, his teaching style, and I stole his teaching style. Hey, Mike here. I just wanna do a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Now listen, it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving, and we have seen a ton of growth, right? You guys are doing your part, people are downloading, you're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map. Okay. We've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio. And the biggest thing that I want you to know is that I want to hear from you, 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 the person listening to this, all right. You want to be a part of this show. You want to talk about tips and tricks. You want to talk about things that you've learned in the trade. You want to talk about how this has changed your life. You want to talk about stuff like that. Send me an email. Okay. It's half at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work and people who do camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be fire alarm monkeys. It could be anybody. All right. So let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life.
1: One thing I find with teaching styles, I mean, being that I go and I do a lot of observations in our course with the different mm-hmm. teachers, obviously they're students that, like we talked about the different the different uh, styles of learning. Um, but I think a great educator cares if you know it. They don't, yeah. well, we have really good guys, I'll go sit in a class and they're dynamic, they're throwing their hands up, they're presenting it in a, in a great manner. But once that's over, it's like, I taught it. And if you didn't, if you didn't learn it, that's on you you know, but the, the real good teachers aren't the smartest guy. And I, that, I hope my teachers that, that are smart, don't think that I'm talking about them. That they listen to this, but <laughs> they're all great in their own way. But Chasing down my, the street. <laughs> some of my best uh, teachers are the ones that, you know, I, I know on my end, one thing that makes me a, a decent teacher is because I do have those learning issues. I, I come at it with my when I teach my students like, hey guys, watch out with this. You know, when you're mm-hmm. doing when you're doing parallel circuits and you're punching in the reciprocal key, you gotta make sure the reci- you know, this is what it looks like the reciprocal of the sum or the reciprocal. Mm-hmm. If you forget this reciprocal, it's gonna look like the reciprocal of the sum. Mm-hmm. You won't have the reciprocals. You know, and so
0: I can actually I- follow what you're saying because I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's it's one of those things like if you know where they're gonna miss it and then they laugh cuz they miss it right after right. you tell them that they're going to miss it like oh, i did exactly what you told me you're not to then you're relatable yeah. then they trust you and so then it's I, not about you I have a screen. technique
0: yeah. where i teach when i teach parallel well i teach parallel series both but when i teach it I'll, I'll stand up in front of the whiteboard draw it out or up you know have a slide projector up and then i'll ask them for the the numbers they want to put on the resistors let's say and uh-huh. and i'll take them from them and so whatever they give me is whatever we do Whatever equations they give me is what I'm gonna use. If you give me E equals MC squared, then that's the equation we're gonna use. We're gonna be here for a month, but by God, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. So, when I say, what's the equation we're gonna do for, for parallel? What do we wanna do? You know, one over one over, you know. Yeah, one because yeah, there's one, multiple, yeah. Exactly, right. or is, is there is another equation we could use if I've got two resistors of, you know, various. So, I put the onus on them to give me the equations, and then I do the math in front of them. And we do it together. I say, okay, we're going to do this here. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? We put it all together. And then when we get done, we'd double check it to make sure it's right. And if I can vapor lock in front of a class full of students, then you can vapor lock on your test and figure out how to work your way back out of it. And I says, cause if I, I can stand here in front of you guys and look, look like a fool, but together we are working our way back in and out of this mathematical problem because these are equations not expressions they all have to balance out yeah and uh, that technique has saved me loads of of intensive after school time with with <laughs> yeah. a student that isn't quite got it and if they don't then I'll just write up some basic problems on a sheet of paper and say do these and let's come back and talk next week yeah and and it's like that so your that your technique is 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 super valid i love it
1: yeah, and I loved, I've i done your idea too, or like mm-hmm. having the students, like when I teach voltage drop, yep. I go to a student Perfect. and say, what are you working on? Uh, lights? Okay, well, where are you working on those lights? In an auditorium? Okay, how far away are those lights from the, from the source? 500 feet? Okay, what size wire are you pulling? There you go number 12s so and i'm like ooh, this is gonna be weird you know like, <laughs> what, what's, what's the amperage on those let's, let's do some math here yeah you know, so you will go 20 amps because it's got a 20 amp breaker and i'm like oh this is going to be really funny and then they get confused <laughs> well that's not what's going on at work and i'm like well chances are you don't have 20 amps on that circuit and that you're not 500 feet away so let's right. you know let's change some of this around and figure out what you really have going that's on. nice so, that, and that's a practical uh, that,
0: application right off the right off the right off the cuff
1: one of our teachers uh, told me when he does the voltage drops, he brings different hats and he has them write, you know, the different numbers from the, the, uh, the formula. So he'll have all the circular meals and one hat with different sizes that the mm-hmm. students write down. And then the different amperages, different lengths, different voltage drop percentages. And then he has one person from each table, pull one of those out and then they build to see what would happen on that. Oh, circuit.
0: nice! That's really cool.
1: And I'm like, man, that would kind of open everybody's eyes. So, you know what I mean?
0: so your techniques of teaching and the and the techniques that your teachers are using are 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 really cutting edge. I mean, you guys really are on the cutting edge of this, seriously.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's coming from our uh, the director of apprenticeship programs. Uh, his name's Cliff Caring Campbell, and he's a he's a educated educator, if you will. He was a <laughs> vice president principal. Um, I know he's got a master degree in education from uh, Brigham Young University. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he says, as long as you're assessing for learning and they're learning, I don't care about that grade. Like if a guy's got a 70, we, you have to have a C plus in our school to pass.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so if you got a 74.6 and you didn't get that 75, he's we're all like, hey, let's go re reteach that student a concept that they don't get. And then when they show you that they can get it why can't we then pass them it doesn't have to be this passing on a test because testing anxiety is a real Mm -hmm. thing now the only part that scares me about that is they have to go past the big boy test at the end of this whole program that's true confidence confidence is key when taking the test and if you learn how to just do problems you don't really know why right and so Mm -hmm. we're building they're trying to build their confidence as they go through the program so that um So that they want to learn and then they can learn how they learn and prep for tests properly so um, it seems to be working i mean there's always kinks in the wheel there's with the program that large there's still a lot of students that like to play the game of school and a lot Mm -hmm. of teachers that like to just click through powerpoints and and do their time because they're part-time teachers all All of our teachers are guys in the field that teach at nights except for four of us are full-time
0: Oh, so, so you're actually doing this? I mean, that's all you're doing. You're not you're not out jerking wire at all anymore. Because I'm no, I'm, yeah, I'm one it. of those. I have to te- to work during the day and then teach at night. We don't yeah. have any full time teachers in this in this group yet. So we're uh,
1: as of a year and a half ago, I got hired on. So I've taught part time. Uh, I think I'm going on six years, mm-hmm. uh, it was two nights a week, and then turned into four nights a week, and then they came up with a lead teacher position that was full time about a year and a half ago. I. I got that position and then they hired two other teachers, actually three other teachers that, that are full-time because we have a daytime program now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, then I just in July got promoted to the coordinator.
0: Oh, congratulations, so, that's excellent.
1: Yeah, I, was <laughs> a, I, I have my own little consulting company where I travel and teach and uh, I was in Mississippi and one of the students there said, Chad, do you know what they say about the, those that can't do teach? And I go, yeah, I hear that a lot Yeah, lately. I hear it a lot and, too. <laughs> and then they said, "You know the whole saying." I go, "No." And they said, "Those that can't do teach, become administrators." And then those that can't become administrators become gym teachers. And I go, "Well, at least I know where I'm headed, <laughs> you know." <laughs> I,
0: I teach you this. I say, "Well, those that can't do, and those that that can't, or those that those that can do, those that can't teach, and those that can't do or teach consult." And I do all that. I consult and I teach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I threw myself right under the bus with it. I, I do a little <laughs> no, bit of consulting and teaching for a company I just left. Uh, I was a manager at a company, and uh, I went back to a hospital I work at now as a technician and and okay. as a journeyman just to bring their apprentice up to speed and work on the systems and just focus because uh, uh, I'm hopefully hopefully I'm I'm at the apex of my career, not the nader, but yeah, I want to. I want to start to look at where I can, you know, re- like quit or retire or whatever that or is, I don't know what that is. I, I never yeah. thought I'd ever get this old, so I'm kind of shocked I got this far. <laughs> um, and so I'm looking at that point, and my goal is to teach my apprentice everything I need to teach him, so that he's completely dialed in on the system and how to program and how to maintain it. And then I can easily transition out, and I know that that I've I've encapsulated this. You know, I've I've I'm done. Like I feel like I've accomplished it, and um, it's it's kind of a driving force for me at this point. And yeah. not being in management was nice to be able to just go back and 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 work on the technical aspects of especially a, this is a huge system I'm working on. It's a gargantuan simplex system, so it's got a lot of. A lot of nuts and bolts and pieces to it, and and uh, it it's definitely daunting. I've definitely had days where I've I've considered I may have made a a, a may have made a career suicide decision here, but I didn't. It was just <laughs> it was just one of those moments. But the former company that I left said, "Well, come back and teach us." So now I teach a troubleshooting course there and help them write it, and um, it's PowerPoint based, so you know, death by PowerPoint. But I ad lib in between the slides and, and give them practical examples or.
1: yeah a lot of my consulting that I do I do a lot of continuing at here in Utah we have to have a 16 hours of continuing education every two years mm-hmm. and because when I started my little Instagram thing I, I like to think that it was a smart strategic idea to come up with Utah electrician but it was just and I think somebody else had a page called Detroit electrician so I changed I made mine Utah electrician mm-hmm. but it's it's made me kind of a staple here in Utah. And so I get a lot of jobs from companies, private companies that bring me in to teach continuing education and, and do stuff. Oh, those companies. I get it. Yeah. And that's all, that's all uh, PowerPoint based. Uh, it's just hard to like travel with boards and hands-on stuff. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, you know, you go, I'd go teach at like the Utah national guard or up at Texas instrument up at the uh, point of the mountain there in Lehigh and, uh, Uh, the Utah state prison and the Gunnison prison and then the private companies. It's, it's so all over the place. There is, there'd be no way for me to teach hands on. So Mm -hmm. a lot of that is definitely, definitely lecture based and it's eight hour classes.
0: But, but you're teaching the the continuing ed and then they can use that as, because you're a certified instructor, then they can use those hours for their licenses, which is a good idea.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so after you get done with your schooling you have to do continuing education. So when you're going through school you don't have to do it because you're in school. In right. And
0: we we have those requirements too. I have a license and I have a couple of licenses in the in Washington too and I have to and nice set. So I have all this CE I have to do for each one like one I can do my continuing ed in Washington which is 24 hours in 3 years, get that done and then reciprocate 8 hours down to Oregon which is all they require keep oh, those gotcha. there and then is that eight hours a year that you have to do eight hours eight i think in three three okay. yeah don't That's quote not... me on i think it's, it's four it's like four continue it's four code change and four code required or something yeah like that. it's a very it's so a they very changed a lot of stuff
1: in the, the 2023 code i've been did they i've been studying it and going whew, <sighs> Good or bad. all of our, article 220 completely memorized and it feels like they just Got all those code numbers and threw them in a hat and put and all it's all the same stuff, just got mm-hmm. different code. Oh really? References in there, so oh. then, yeah, the codes the code changes every year. I'm excited know, about every, that. I usually
0: year. do my CE through, through Jade. Is who I've been Jade. using the online. Yeah, and it's it's been good. I've I can kind of tailor some of it. My producer uses it too, so it, it's it's been okay. But I I, I certainly uh, I certainly would prefer to to sit down and and knock it out in, you know, in a, in a, in classroom yeah. environment, but Yeah, you know, a lot the of the, that the ones works that today. hire
1: me, it's, it's companies that hire me. So the employees that right. work for them don't even have to go out to get their continuing ed. So they, you know, I teach at Brigham Young University, um, out here in Provo, uh, Brigham Young brings me in, the, the university brings me in and all the, the uh, electricians that maintain the university, True. they have them come in. And so it's a really, really big class. And then they bring in food trucks for lunch. And it's actually outside underneath the pavilion with tons of dudes there. So it's, it's, actually, <laughs> it's a pretty good scenery. Um, and then I go to Mississippi every year and teach a company, Valley Electrical. Um, and they don't require any CEUs or anything out there, but the company just wants to keep their guys. That's cool. sharp and fresh. And so um,
0: we're out in Mississippi.
1: They're, uh, the company's in Jackson, but I go uh-huh. stay with the owner. He's in Clinton, Mississippi. Oh,
0: nice. I've been. I I used to live in Louisiana, so I've been in Mississippi quite a bit. Oh,
1: uh, what part of Louisiana?
0: Baton Rouge. Oh, then, okay. Yeah, I I I only lived there for about a year. I don't tell people I lived there. I tell people I did time there, and then <laughs> I <laughs> I escaped, but my family didn't. So they're still down there. So I go back and visit her once in a while. The, they're all spread out. There's uh, one in Covington, one in Denham Springs, and one in Baton Rouge. So, we, you know, if I go down, I usually stay in New Orleans <laughs> and yeah. just go dry, drive. How far,
1: Baton, how far is Baton Rouge from New Orleans? It's
0: 60, 70 miles. It's oh, not okay. that far.
1: We, uh, They took me down not this last year, but the year before. Um, We got in a train there mm-hmm. in Jackson, Mississippi, and took it all the way down to New Orleans. And they had a little company retreat out there, and they invited me, which was pretty awesome. And, we had a good time. It's now, it's a different wild. it's a
0: whole different world than New Orleans. Baton Rouge is is a is it's now the biggest city. It was not New Orleans was until Katrina. It may still get to that point again, uh, but Baton Rouge it's all old. It's it's so old down there. The history is just you know, three, 350 years old or in it's, and it shows like you get on the, it's New Orleans is like that. I mean, you get down to a quarter, you can see it all. And
1: yeah. yeah. Know, the, That's why I love that. All that play, all that stuff, Jackson. Uh, when mm-hmm. I go to down to Mississippi, um, one of the employees lives in Vicksburg.
0: Yeah. I was going to say Vicksburg is really cool.
1: Yeah. So he I go and he has a little house. He bought um, the housing prices down there are way different than here. Right. So he bought a little, <laughs> a little house that has a, sh- uh, he has a nonprofit. So he bought it for the shed because he has a nonprofit helping uh, younger uh, children that don't have fathers to mm-hmm. learn how to do handyman. Oh, stuff. that's cool. And so he, he bought that with his nonprofit, the house with the, the they don't call it a shed. It's a big workshop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go stay there and then he's from Natchez, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So the last time I went, he, he drove down the Natchez trace down there and went down to Natchez, Mississippi. And it's just, history i mean i just i became yeah. a history buff by the
0: civil war the civil war stuff in vicksburg is insane you can walk out and see i think it's insane like that's yeah. where you can still see where the trenches were i mean they're they're kind of filled in obviously but
1: yeah know, they have uh, they incredible. have cannons and stuff yeah. they're off the side of the the, the 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 sides of the roads and the embankments that they build up it's mm-hmm. you know, the the guy that i go stay with um chandler his son jonah will go uh, with a uh, metal detector and find actual bullets yeah. um, from, from the Civil War. And he'll they're they're all over the
0: place. They're, it's the same thing in Louisiana. My dad worked at a nuke plant up in St. Francisville. And and so there was a, a place, I think it's called Port Hudson. Don't quote me on that. But there's a big battle zone area near that. And they would do the same thing and go out and find. Matter of fact, somebody he knew, somebody he knew at the nuke plant uh, found a uh a pistol still wrapped in in um in grease and wax paper oh wow. brand i mean it was essentially brand new it, it just fit, it got fell off the wagon or fell out of the the curtain and that was it and he just he, he discovered it with a with a the metal, metal detector. detector yeah this was back that's in the crazy. 80s. it's
1: probably worth a ton you know, oh yeah it was still it's crazy how you know pocket knives and all sorts of stuff yeah but it's 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 definitely Mississippi is definitely, uh, you know, they constantly tell you yeah, we're the, the we're the poorest state in the nation and you can feel it. You can see it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of gas stations that have trees and stuff growing out of the center of the gas station. <laughs> you know, we don't have that here. You saw like here in Utah, they take care of, of everything. So it's it's
0: it's a definitely a uh, one of the cleanest, the only cleaner city I've been to is Singapore. <laughs> to be honest. Oh with. really? Yeah, Singapore was you could eat off the floors in Singapore, but that that's you know they also have some pretty draconian rules. So, uh yeah. but yes, yeah, so I was the the amount of graffiti I saw in my trip. Now, mind you, I was basically on the freeway most of the time was minimum. Uh-huh. Like I, I I I could I saw a little bit in Provo, and that was it. That was it. I mean, yeah, you know, you there's parts of Portland that. That you can't even find the walls anymore. So it's it's just it's just the nature of the beast, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think homeless in any major city is getting um, I don't know if you say out of hand, but like if yeah. you like I was just in Austin and it was you walk down the street and it's just filled with homeless people everywhere and a lot of drugs and different things yeah. happening right in front of you when you're walking. Um, I don't go to Salt Lake often, but before I came full time at the became full time at the school. I was running a, a large multifamily project downtown Salt Lake, and there was mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that, you know, homeless yeah. homelessness. So I think that as much as I want to praise it, we take care of the streets. We, you know, they uh, they mow the the little easement lawns and they mm-hmm. pick up the trash, but there's still little tent encampments and parks and different things that we try to. It,
0: at least you're trying. You know, yeah. and they're and they're starting to make a change here, which is nice because the the a lot of the businesses are just like we're done with this, fix this problem because they used to, you know, five years ago it was a different story. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's just it's totally different. different so I like so, the uh, I, if you ever go back to Mississippi or Alabama, there's a battleship that you can visit in in Mobile. There's a big uh, static ship display that you can go to that is one of the few battleships that you can go into the turrets on and see how the big guns, the 16 inch guns all worked. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Cool. It's really cool. And i always encourage people if they're down there to, to, it's not that far from New Orleans. It's really, it's pretty, you know, it's just due East a little bit, maybe an hour or so. It's totally yeah. worth saying. Yeah. I'm kind of a yeah. Navy guy because I spent all that time.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's my grandpa was a navy guy. So oh no! Way really? Military, that's uh, that's all I know because grandpa would tell us stories, and he was in uh, World War two And
0: oh yeah, and he would talk about of... it. That's good. Yeah, I I spend a lot of time uh, with my students talking about World War two because of the 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 change in technology, uh, which I attribute to you know the the war, the radar, and and yeah, uh, although. The last couple of books I've I've just finished up. I polish off a book a week now. Um, it it really started before World War II. It just that World War II kind of made it all happen quicker, so to speak. And so I tell my students that I share with them, you know, the history because I'm I'm kind of a history buff of how all these things came about and and how a lot of that technology is still in use today. In, yeah. You know you like teletype i i say that uh, tty is still on your iphone i mean there, if you go to the hearing impaired section of your iphone you'll find teletype it's still here it hasn't ever left <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> and, awesome yeah so uh and i try to basically uh i'm moving my hands gesturing here but you're on video so i, I just try to encapsulate all these different technologies and show them that hey this is not that hard to get your head around if you start to look at that from the historical perspective and, and, and really, really see how it was applied and how you can apply it. You know, how yeah. you can actually read about it and go, Oh, wow, I, I didn't know that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's
1: awesome.
0: So um, you're a, you, you also do physical fitness. It looks like, so you, do you still, do you still do that? Do you still, uh, coach people and and oh, the personal, personal training, training
1: stuff no um i kind of that was a passion of mine that was <laughs> i would say a big waste of my time back in the day but oh no you know, working, working in uh i feel like i have a lot of passion you know mm-hmm. a lot of drive and um back then when i was working at the, the lds church in the mail room i feel like maybe i was looking for something a little bit more so i was actually a competitive bodybuilder oh wow and um I lifted weights and that was my thing. And so, um, you know, the only reason I say it's kind of a waste of time is because I should have got. I keep thinking I should have had this career years in advance, but I was too busy trying to get big biceps. Right. 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 um, And, um, now it's a little bit different. I look at it. I look at it different now because now I'm in an environment in a college where I've been able to turn off that blue collar, you know, uh, rough uh, red-blooded male if you will mm-hmm. from the fields and I grew up playing hockey where it was you know pretty violent and different things and so I I think I've I've got a lot of different texture to me but because I was able to work at 10 years of the church office building I think I have adapted really well to this other uh this new position at the college
0: I think but, you have too uh, I mean you really you really you look like you're in your element and you sound like you're in your element
1: Yeah I I'm very I love teaching i I don't i never thought i would say it but i i love teaching because the students are they really appreciate somebody that Mm -hmm. is a pat is very passionate about their thing and i i think
0: you're right i think the passion if if you have the passion for it it you can't keep it you can't contain it it just
1: yeah exactly i I have a student right now that's uh he's got his residential journeyman which you can get after two years Mm -hmm. and we'll let a guy teach at the college if he gets that license just the first two years because he's already surpassed those two years and he's he's got that first notch on his bill mm-hmm. and uh this student's in my class his name's tyler clark and i mean i have two of them that do a uh, uh, colton colton as well but tyler like that passion i have i can just see it i go to his class when i do observations and the whole classroom of guys have their hands up and they're super excited and i'm looking around going man i i don't get this much engagement (laughs) but he's uh he's super passionate about about the uh about the industry and teaching and i think it just it just just, just changes generation after you know just you affect so many different people Mm -hmm. but with the where i'm at with the physical fitness now is um, i find that i kind of struggled a little bit when i got back into you know sitting behind the desk and doing the stuff I'm doing now, I couldn't figure out what it was that was missing. And uh, my son uh, Alec, uh, he's the, my 15 year old son, came and said, "Dad, I want to start working out." So
0: nice. I
1: started working out with him and noticed that it really did help me. And it, it makes sense because I I grew up playing hockey, mm-hmm. and then I met my wife, and then I started bodybuilding, and then I started working in the field. And my whole life, I have been a physically active person. Right, and so. It makes sense that when I would go slow, everything down, and just sit behind a desk, that I was going stir crazy. So. Yeah it,
0: it it's a uh, it's a component in my world too. I bicycle to work a couple times a week, and and I uh, we do drive. We have a huge campus, but we we drive to a certain building. But then the my tools go on my back. I carry a backpack full of crap, yeah, and put it on, walk the building, do what I got to do, and so it it it's a huge it makes a huge difference. And I'm 58. So, I mean, it's like, I need, I need to be able to move. And and then when we're not doing that, I'm on horseback. So there's equestrian sports there, but motion, motion is lotion.
1: Yo, yeah. Oh yeah. What's funny. Cause there's a few times I've been pretty stressed out, you know, uh, there's one thing I ran large commercial projects when I was an electrician in mm-hmm. the field. That's what I did. And, um, there's a different type of leadership in blue collar that mm-hmm. you just, you kind of have to demand respect. And I was able to do that. Right. Cause I grew up playing hockey and all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff with, you know, just my background um, to where here it's a revolving door. I can't in electrical, I can go wire up a wall and I'm done with it and move on to the next step mm-hmm. here. I'll always have students that are struggling learning. I'll always have teachers that struggle teaching. I'll always have students that don't like how we're doing things. And so I've had to rewire my brain on how to handle problems. Nice. And, um, and it's still a work in progress, right? Like trying to, (laughs) trying to give people the benefit. I'm not the most patient person. I'm not the most uh, polite person all the time. And so, uh, like you just said, you read, uh, you read a book a week, and that was a goal of mine at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this year was a book a week. I got Halfway through the year, so I got <laughs> thirty some books in. Um, but, I did as uh,
0: soon as I started podcasting. I actually cut all my podcasts and moved over audiobooks. Once uh, I became you- a podcaster, I I actually shut down all my. I had a bunch of podcasts I listened to, and I went. I'm going to shut them off. I've already listened to enough of them. I'm going to move back to books, and and I just started sp- focusing on this podcast, and then reading, and then obviously teaching, and you know all the other ham radio and all the other horses and
1: yeah that, you know. yeah the horse thing's awesome i i uh, was talking to some friends i'm addicted to the the stuff on tiktok and youtube mm-hmm. with the horse trimming the the hoof trimming, the hoof trimming?
0: <laughs> yeah. that's that's an art that's a real art farrier is a real art uh the one that comes out and does ours uh she's she runs her own business and i wow that's my wife's like, well, you should get into it. I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. I think I'm going to live. I'm a yeah, I'll ride the things. I don't mind. I don't mind that, but um, yeah, well, I,
1: I find that interesting. So
0: it. Uh, I. I can't. I've really enjoyed our time together.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I have would, would you
0: Would you come back on at some point?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, and and just well, to well, maybe follow up and see where you're at in a few months and
1: yeah awesome that would, that'd be awesome well, and then can I share yeah please do uh, go right can ahead. can I share on my social media that I did this podcast I
0: would that love it if you did that
1: kind of get you a little bit of traction a- an any
0: any any forward moment we can get is good because we're really trying to reach out to electricians and, and, and be technically oriented and, and I I just also like to just chat like I'm just kind of a Hey, how's it going? Sit <laughs> yeah. down to you, the fat, kind of guy. Yeah, um, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I would love you to to share it if you would. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, I have some big uh, some big stuff in the works right now uh, with a few people from social media that that you know maybe will you know by the time we. We come on again that'll be in full force with some other and, social media ventures so and I would
0: love to interview them too I would I would would be honored to have them on board because we're certainly not limited to, to half watts that's not the goal here at all the goal is to just be somebody who reaches out to the, our trade and says hey this is what we do we've interviewed we've had some really cool interviews with some people I didn't expect matter of fact right. last week I interviewed a guy here in town who is an IT he's a city's IT specialist here he's the network engineer and he owns a bookstore and we wound up like trading phone numbers pretty much it was like wow that was cool you know so yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah, i
1: found that we've got we have a lot of the same interests for sure when we were talking too so
0: nice (laughs) well thank you uh i'm super happy to meet you chad
1: yeah you too it was awesome thank you for having me on Thanks for listening to the Half-Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half-Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.